tap it in. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network and sponsored by Forecraft Cocktails. Big news this week from Forecraft. You can now buy their transfusion online, have it shipped right to your door. Get a 12-pack, get a 24-pack, go crazy. Only 3 bucks a pop, now up to 7% ABV. I'm telling you, this stuff is unbelievable. If you haven't had a chance to try it because you don't live next to somewhere that sells it, Get this stuff online. You won't regret it, especially as summer comes to a close. This hot weather starts rolling in. Transfusions from Forecraft Cocktails are going to be the move as we close out summer. I got myself, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, and Colin coming at you today. On the LPGA Tour side of things, the Evian Championship wraps up this past Sunday in France. The fourth out of five majors for the women on the year. Brooke Henderson takes home her second major title and her 12th LPGA Tour win. We're going to compare Brooke to another young and very prominent, talented star on the LPGA Tour, and maybe why Brooke's stats actually stack up really well, and she's not getting enough respect as one of the best golfers in the world. And then we'll look on over at the men's side of things from this past weekend, the PGA Tour competing at the 3M Championship. Tony Finau, big tone, taking home another victory on the PGA Tour, and then the Senior Open Championship also concluding this past weekend with Darren Clark taking home the title, becoming one of only four or five guys who have won the Open Championship and the Senior Open Championship. And then looking forward to this week, we have the Rocket Mortgage Classic on the PGA Tour. Cam Davis, your defending champion after a playoff with Joaquin Neiman and Troy Merritt last year. We have the Ladies Scottish Open, the prequel to the AIG Women's Open, which will be competed at Mirfield this year. The women prep for another major event with a big purse being played at a premier golf course. So lots to look forward to there. And then we have the LIV third event at Trump Bedminster in New Jersey. Lots of hype. We got the Chainsmokers performing at this thing. We got a, a newly revamped commentary booth with David Faraday and lots and lots of talented golfers. So we'll break down that. Thanks for being here, and let's have a great episode. Four Craft Cocktails, the best tasting and easiest drinking transfusion on the market. Whether you're on the course, at a tailgate, or enjoying a Friday night with your friends, you'll find the pre-mixed 7% Four Craft Transfusion, just what you're looking for to mix things up. With a variety of other products, including a Bloody Mary, Ranch Water, and a coming this summer John Daly, it's the go-to beverage for the big players. A family-owned, all-natural, gluten-free drinking option that has the guys playing their best and feeling even better. You can find all their retail locations at fourcraftcocktails.com. That's F-O-R-E craftcocktails.com. And make sure to mention to your local beer shop and golf course that we need these things everywhere. All right, a good week of golf. We're going to start with the women here, the LPGA over at the Evian Championship in France. Uh, a beautiful course like Colin alluded to last week. A really competitive finish, too. Some new names, some old names, uh, but actually, absolutely awesome finish. Brooke Henderson gets it done for her second major title, her 12th win on tour. Pretty impressive stuff from a girl who's only 24 years old. I mean, Brooke's been around for so long that it's hard to realize that she's only 24. She's probably had eight to 10 successful years kind of rising the ranks on tour. What were your guys' thoughts from this past week? And then uh, anything else you got on Brooke? Yeah, so I'm just going to start by saying it was tough to really follow this because it was, what, six hours ahead or yep. something crazy, and it was on CNBC. So I didn't get to watch too much, but watching the final round with, with the big leaderboard out there and especially Brooke Henderson, who's been playing well, 
she closed it down. She struggled a lot on Sunday, but kind of found her groove towards the end of the round and made a pretty clutch putt on 18 after everybody before her kind of could not hit a tee shot on 18. I mean, it's a par five. There are plenty of people within striking distance, and no one could get it done, but she drains the the mid-length birdie putt there to secure her second major. So pretty cool to see, you know, especially someone that's kind of at a, at the top of her game, at the top of the women's game overall. I think she's now top five in the world or something like that. Pretty great leaderboard and a uh, star to close it out, the arguable fifth major for the ladies' game. Yeah, it was an absolute birdie fest this week. Um, this course must have been real gettable for these women. Uh, Brooke Light leads it off first and second round uh, with sub-64 scores. I think she's the first golfer in history to ever do that in a major, first two rounds below 64. Um, and then just surprising that she only needed to stay at even on the last round to uh, close it out. But that just stands to show how how dominant she was the first two to three rounds of this tournament. It is tough because I know, like, I exclusively pretty much just tuned in for the final round. I saw highlights from throughout the tournament. But, yeah, when you watch a a Brooke Henderson that is going out there intending, like we've talked about, maybe with Rory at the Open, where she's not trying to lose the tournament. She's just really going out there trying to play conservative, make pars, not do anything too crazy. You don't really watch that round and think, like, wow, like she's really lighting it on fire. But she certainly did early on in the tournament. But, yeah, she had, like, a little bit of the lefts coming down the stretch. But, yeah, ultimately makes, like, a really solid 10-footer on 18, kind of drips it in the front edge to take home. You know, major championship. It's big news for Brooke. And there were like 13 lead changes that last round too. So props to her. I think she had a four putt on the first hole. So props to her for just keeping it steady and, and fighting it out and ended up coming on top. Yeah, in middle of the middle of the final round, I think there was something like five to or maybe even more tied for the lead. So definitely a lot could have happened, but for her to close it out, pretty cool. Chasing her the whole day, Sophia Schubert, an American rookie on tour. Pretty cool story. She's basically been irrelevant in the professional game and and for her to to get a second place finish and you know generally if you haven't been in that position you kind of fold down the stretch she made a lot of pretty clutch par putts coming in she made five hundred thousand dollars and her uh yearly winnings up to this point was forty thousand so talk about life changing i mean you you 10x your annual earnings in in one event and you know as being a rookie she's you know, hopefully can kind of build on this and, and keep playing well moving forward. I just can't believe Skechers now has two majors wins this year. I, I think that Skechers is, is kind of on the cusp, too, of like, they're going to start creating some better stuff here. They really, they haven't, right? They've been really bad about kind of innovating style-wise. Obviously, their technology is fairly comfortable, but I do think that Skechers is probably on the cusp in the next two or three years here from actually starting to do some stuff that you know that looks like Penguin or looks like Bonobos and just is also very comfortable. I will say I was at the outlets the other day, and I did walk in the Skechers store just to see how things were looking, and I almost bought a pair of shoes. So <laughs> couldn't quite do it yet, but I, like you said, I think they're right around the corner. I give it two years before we see Colin Rock and Skechers on the golf course? Absolutely n- never. It, you, bu- <laughs> you bought a Penguin shirt because Cam won. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, clip this. It's going to be played back for Colin so many times <laughs> when they uh, push aside Malbon and, and Roback and all the other notable brands and become kind of the premier fashion-forward brand in the golf game. Shape-ups on the golf course, baby. Let's hey, get if, Ma- if Malbon can collab with Dockers, they sure as hell can collab with Skechers. <laughs> I have my head in my hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some other players. Lydia Ko gets a T3. Colin, props. Shout out Lynn Grant, the Swedish player, up on everyone's radar. Uh, T8 this week. Uh, Josh's girl at Dietetical, T8, right? A really great week for her as well. Nelly Korda, T8, also one of Josh's favorites. Uh, notable amateurs. 
uh, Rachel Heck, Roseanne, Anna Davis, right? All three girls that Dub and I saw at the Curtis Cup. We've seen them playing, you know, tons of other events. They all make the cut. Pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, and then an interesting stat that I saw, uh, Friday put this out, blind player resumes, and they're comparing two players, 10 to 12. One player has 10 wins on, on tour professionally, one major win, and is about to be 24. And the other player, 12 LPGA wins, two majors, and is currently 24. And the answer to that question is Nelly Corder is the former, and then Brooke Henderson's the latter. So Nelly Corder's hyped up as the best player or one of the best females in the game and kind of this this bright talent in the game. And, and Brooke Henderson really hasn't gotten the same due. I, I know she's just started playing much better recently, but, you know, that kind of comparison is pretty fascinating because we, we view Nelly as, you know, kind of on top of the, the mountain, if you will, of the ladies' game. And so Brooke Henderson to have those stats to be right next to her, pretty pretty interesting. Well, Ben, I think you mentioned a few weeks ago that Brooke was kind of a Brooke was kind of a victim of uh, the shortening of the driver length there for a while. So I think that had an impact on her game for a while. But it seems like she's now coming back into form. She was world number one at one point, right? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, she definitely had the game there for a while, and I think just recently she tweaked her putting stroke, did the old left hand low, and I think that's really paying dividends for. Obviously, we've seen her in contention and winning quite a few events this season. Yeah, I think Brooke kind of falls into that similar category that Lydia Ko fell into, where they were these young phenoms. And even Lexi has kind of gone through this, where they were these young phenoms, 14, 15 years old, playing on tour, even getting top 10s at those ages, and then kind of, uh, you know, get a little burnt out. Uh, but Brooke certainly has been around forever. Um, I think you're right, the driver thing, that was a good year, I would say, for her to kind of get used to that. And then Josh, like you spoke about, the putting is always something that seems to plague these these young phenoms because they're such good ball strikers. They can get kind of get around the course without having to do that well. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really excited to see kind of what Brooke's going to bring to the table. Like, you know, she's really young, but only being 24 years old, if she stays hot and keeps, you know, the good play, think about what kind of career she could have, right? I mean, at 24 years old, we're talking about like Annika Sorenstam kind of numbers. I know that the, the, the talent pool is a little bit better than it was when Annika was playing. But I also wanted to ask you guys, you know, Brooke is now, I think, easily the best Canadian player ever. And that's pretty interesting, only being 24 years old, having okay. 12 wins. And, I mean, I think that I, I've, I didn't know much about Mike Weir. He played a little bit before our time, I would say. But knowing he's a Masters winner and knowing he's, like, one of the more memorable lefties, I kind of thought, like, Mike Weir was really good. But the guy only had, like, you know, 12 or 15 international wins in one major. And now Brooke's already matched that. And she's 24 years old. Yeah, we're hoping to see big things from her. And, you know, in the, in the men's game right now, Corey Connors, he, he doesn't have the wins. He doesn't have the resume. But we're going to see him at the President's Cup for sure. And definitely a, a solid talent kind of kind of staking a claim in the uh, PGA Tour rank and file. Yeah, Graham DeLed is a historical player I can remember. Um, yeah. St Stephen Ames, a Adam Hadwin, um, Mackenzie Hughes, some up-and-coming talent. Uh, but you think about, like, golf's been around, you know, a good 100-plus years stateside competitively, and it's weird to think that Canada's best best golfer is now Brooke. Um, talk about a country that really kind of puts all their eggs in one basket. It's all hockey, right? They're pretty good at curling, too, right? <laughs> I'm sure. Cold, cold curling, yes. Yeah, and as we've talked about the women's game more, I think, you know, with Brooke winning this week and another kind of superstar, I think it's safe to say that the women's game is just playing some spectacular golf. Each major, there's been a different kind of superstar in contention or winning it. I mean, you have so many names that are kind of at the top of their game right now, and it's it's really exciting to see. We got another big event happening this week we'll talk about, and then in two weeks, their, their fifth and final major of the year with the Women's Open. So 
some really incredible golf right now being played in the women's game. Yeah, so just to wrap up our, our women's commentary, LPGA and women's golf from this week, uh, the other thing that happened this week was the U.S. Girls Junior. So you have to not have gotten to your 19th birthday by uh, the date that this event starts. So all the girls are somewhere. I think the youngest competitor was 12 to 18. Uh, the final actually featured two 15-year-old girls. And in the semifinal, one of the girls that ended up advancing to the finals, she went eight under through 13 to beat her opponent six and five. Jeez. And the course that they're playing, they're not playing from like super modest yardages either. I was really impressed. It was a, the club at Old Stone, uh, which is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, uh, which I didn't really know where it was, uh, but it's situated nicely between uh, Louisville and Nashville and only a few hours from St. Louis. Just a little geography lesson for us today. Uh, but definitely a bucket list course. As I was watching it, it's more of that uh, – Every hole kind of seems like it was woven into the terrain, and absolutely, and every hole is kind of like its own characteristics. It's uh, you kind of remember every hole for being you know very unique. Uh, the Yana Wilson takes home the title, fifteen years old. Like I said, beats Gianna Clemente, both fifteen years old. Just unbelievable stuff to watch. And as we talk about the women's game growing and how talented these young golfers are, they're only really a couple years away from being on the LPGA tour. And the last talking point from that is that. This was going to be Megagane's last U.S. Girls Junior because she just turned 18, the Curtis Cup star, uh, the Junior Solheim Cup star. Uh, we saw her contend at the U.S. Open out in California. Uh, she actually had to uh, – she got DQ'd. She signed an incorrect scorecard after her first round and was DQ'd. She has said a bittersweet ending to kind of like her junior oh. career, uh, but she'll be headed off to Stanford in the fall, so plenty of good things to come for her. All right, let's jump into the men's stuff this past week. The 3M Open, big tone, big foot, Tony Finau, man, coming from behind, playing some actually spectacular golf on the back nine, even though I think the big storyline is Scott Piercy's collapse, which was meteoric, right, as we've said previously. <laughs> He played unbelievably bad. He was 20 under after eight holes, uh, you know, uh, 54 plus eight holes. And then his last uh, 10 holes, he played five over. Unbelievable for a PGA Tour player. Had a triple kind of squeezed in there. Uh, but what are you guys' thoughts on Tony? Anyone else in the field that you were really uh, happy to see? I was really happy to see Tony kind of get back in the winner's circle. It feels like he's that guy like we kind of expect to be like perennial up there. He's been on Ryder Cup teams, President's Cup teams, all that kind of stuff. But he... It almost feels like he has been irrelevant all year, but yet he's like 17th on the FedEx Cup. So it was good to actually see him kind of like warrant that hype that he gets. So I was, I was really happy to see him up there with his family at the end of the round, all that kind of stuff. It was good to see. How about that break he got on 16? 200-yard part three over the it's water. 17. 17, 200-yard part three over the water, clanks it off the grandstands. It comes off hot as a missile and somehow stops about an inch short of the water. Yeah, I watched about 10 minutes of the tournament this weekend, and that was the shot I saw, and I still can't figure out how that thing didn't go in the water. <laughs> what, what was it, like a 200-yard hole or something like that? And he yep. put it easily 30 yards past, and that thing was coming in hot, and it somehow stops two feet from going in the water. Yeah, I'm not sure how he does that. Goes, goes birdie on 14, 15, and 16, and then just blades it right into the you know grandstands. It was like, what the heck is going on here? But When it's your day, it's your day, man. That's what I got to <laughs> say. I'd rather be lucky than good any day. And then he kind of he kind of limps at home on 18, too, yeah. puts it in the water, makes bogey, kind of a four- or five-footer for bogey. Um, but his pursuers, Emiliano Grillo and Scott Piercy, nobody lit the world on fire those last few holes. It's a, I think like we saw and Colin talked about the course having a lot of water present on the course. It's a tough driving course, and you saw lots of balls getting in trouble. The hole that Scott Piercy makes his triple on, he actually hits to the other side because he's afraid of going in the water. He plugs in the bunker, hits it back in the bunker, then ends up going in the water at one point. But uh, really a pretty difficult test for these guys. 
Yeah, let's give props to this TPC Twin Cities course. I mean, let's be honest, it's 3M Open, not really on our radar every year. But it was actually pretty fun to watch golf uh, with all these water balls that we were seeing. Uh, ben mentioned Scott Piercy kind of blowing up in that last round, seemingly out of reach as the Sunday round started. But then that five over, like just the courses ate him alive in the sand, in the water, chipping out from everywhere. We also saw Hideki card a nine on the par five 18th on Thursday, promptly withdrawing after that <laughs> round. After that hole was unbelievable. He withdraws. And I know we don't have any clue what's going on, but I've never he there's no more habitual offender than Hideki when he he plays bad on Thursday or Friday than withdrawing and citing some kind of cause. I think he looked down and saw he had a text from Greg Norman or something. Yeah, so yeah that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, you gotta really feel bad for Scott Piercy though. I mean, what a collapse that is. Like the winning score was seventeen under. He started the day at eighteen, so yeah. just even par or even one over. He's in a playoff. You gotta feel so bad for him. Like luckily, he's he's right in, inside the cut line for the FedEx Cup. And with me, there's gonna be some live guys that probably fall off that haven't like relinquished their status technically yet. So he should be in that. But man, that's gotta hurt. Maybe he should have played all four rounds with one shoe on. Yeah, that is a good point. What, he got a blister like round two or three or something? It's like, like right that. before or after the rain delay, and he played the rest of his round without it. Or he was like walking yeah. between shots. Yeah. He took the shoe Just off and then slipping put it, it on, on for, for shots. shots. Yeah, a few of us there. have done that before. <laughs> I, I, I love a good barefoot. Once they're golf. off, they're off. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't put the shoes back on. That's always the mistake. Yeah, I, I definitely found it interesting with this tournament. Uh, Nick Faldo, kind of on his farewell tour, opens the broadcast by guaranteeing a Tony Finau victory. And Jim Nance's look of like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm leaving in a couple of weeks. I don't care. I'm just going to make it exciting. And sure enough, he, you know, he calls it the five stroke collapse and Tony taking away the victory. Yeah, odds on favorite heading into the week. It's nice to see. It's not very often you see these guys pull it out when they are their odds on favorite. Otto really went out on a limb there picking the favorite. <laughs> I know. It's like Ben picking Rory every week. Well, Tully, but he never wins. So <laughs> except you now can shut fun. the hell up. Here we go. <laughs> Tully mentioned the nice moment Tony had with his family in the last hole. I mentioned it last week about these players kind of having a signature look on Sundays. I didn't realize that Tony wears green every Sunday to honor his mom. Is I, That must be, well, maybe not that new of a thing, but this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Um, I guess, what, Ben, he, he she used to take him to every tournament that he was in as a kid, so um, good for him to have that kind of shout-out to his mom and that kind of high, highest level of golf. Yeah, I think it's, you know, all, all the time we've kind of looked out and, like, kind of seen Tony's outfits, he always ends up missing the cut. Like, a lot of, like, the majors where he's scripted, we don't, haven't got to actually see that green. I think that's why we haven't even picked up on it this year. That's a bold statement, I think, but I am very happy <laughs> to us. I, I'm, I'm excited that, Tony, like, it's it's nice to see uh, a color have a reason. Like, I don't know, like, Tiger's red is, like, he's a killer. He kind of can, you see him, the red's the brightest color, but for Tony to have a real reason behind that, and then that, that one hits home really hard for me, too, because it's, like, being a junior golf offer um tournaments often are like just so far away because it's like golf is still not that popular of a sport so you're driving two or three hours away and he grew he grew up in like utah so i can't imagine how far he was driving for some of his tournaments and so shout out to my mom because uh yeah if i were to wear a color on sunday it would be because of her and then other than the 3M Open this week, the men are the seniors at the Senior Open Championship this week. Darren Clark takes on that title, becomes the fourth player to ever do the Open Championship double, uh, joining the likes of uh, Tom Watson, Gary Player, and Bob Charles. So pretty impressive stuff there. A Northern Irish golfer, so shout out Paul. I don't think Paul is the my buddy from Northern Ireland. I don't think he's the biggest fan of Darren Clark. I think he's kind of like a, a bit of a prick, I would say. But uh, a, a really, really a historic win. I mean, these guys, they don't really... Being able to play that well into your senior years, you often see a lot of these guys on the Champions Tour 
they weren't that relevant when they were on the PGA Tour, but they've just aged really well. So shout out to Darren Clark, a big win for him. We'll be back in a couple minutes to talk about uh, this upcoming week and what we're looking forward to. All right, coming up this week on the PGA Tour, we have the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Cam Davis, a name that we threw around last week, thought he might win, uh, didn't play bad, came in like a top 20. Uh, he's our defending champion. He won last year in a playoff against Troy Merritt and Joaquin Neiman. I remember watching this. This is when I was just like real hot on Joaquin. He was still kind of trying to prove himself. I think Joaquin bogeys the first playoff hole when he had birdied that hole in regulation all four rounds or something like that. But Troy and Cam go four I think five holes in a playoff for Cam to be a crown champion, his first PGA Tour win. Uh, but I think the kid's future is really bright, so it was a good win for him. We're at the Detroit Golf Club. Uh, this is a, this is an event that's kind of revitalized like the image of Detroit in my mind. So the Rocket Mortgage Classic used to be held at TPCA Avenue here in D.C. So they kind of moved it around. Uh, but I'm really excited to see this kind of like, and I think like the black culture too surrounding golf, this is a this is a spotlight event for that. There's a lot of, of really big PR, uh, a lot of guys uh, early on in the week, they had a really big events with like Roger Steele and who's uh, Joe Hooks, the kid from Roback. So like really great stuff for the game of golf. Uh, what are you guys looking for this week? And uh, if you got a pick, give it to us. I think the big thing I'm looking at with, you know, all these tournaments here at the end is all the people that are kind of on that fringe for the 125 for the FedEx Cup and like a lot secure in their tour card for next year so you know we've got a few people that are right on the fringe here you got webb simpson uh some you know favorites like jason day ricky fowler and harry higgs as well as uh, one of our boys cam champ that are all kind of on that that edge that they're you know just trying to kind of sneak into that uh, fedex cup playoffs lock up their tour card for next year all that kind of stuff that's really all i'm kind of looking for out of this tournament rather than i don't really care that patrick antlays in the tournament as the favorite you know he's you know we know we're going to see him. He doesn't really probably care that much about this tournament either. So it's, I think the storylines are more on the lower end of the board. Yeah, so I'm actually really excited to kind of see the, see how this golf course plays. This is a Donald Ross design. He famously designed another course known by the name of Pinehurst Number 2. So expect to see some tough undulating greens. I think the approach shots are going to be really critical here. Uh, there's both a north and a south course here on this property. And similar to how we talked about the uh, U.S. Open setup play where they took holes from the three different courses there, this one also has a hybrid setup. It's only one hole from the south course and 17 holes from the north course, but still cool that they're able to like pull in different holes from different setups just to just to put together a PGA Tour event. I um, like that uh, the Donald Ross comment, too, because the, the Pine Needles, the course that we got to play in was the Women's U.S. Open host, is also a Donald Ross course. So not a course that demands like a super accurate driver, but you're right, approach shots in around the green can get really, really tricky. Yeah, I think that all the par fives on this course are pretty gettable, and also there are four par fours that are under 400 yards. So um, I think it's definitely a place that Bombers have taken advantage of in the past. I think Bryson won here two years ago. Cam Davis last year hits the ball a mile. I'm actually looking at Luke List this week. Uh, I think he has really good odds at plus 8,000 or so. Um, his approach game, he's in the top 20 in the approach game, so he'll be able to navigate these undulating greens pretty well, put it right where he wants to, give himself some easier putts. Um, we all know he, he can absolutely bomb it off the tee. He, uh, last time he was on American soil, he finished top 20 in the Travelers. He had a rough 
span over in Europe and the Scottish and uh, Open Championship missing both cuts there. But I'm looking for him to bounce back this week. Yeah, I like that pick. Also, I like Cam Young this week, too. Another absolute bomber of the golf ball and then good ball striker from, you know, 180 yards in. I also think Cam can kind of get hot with that putter. But uh, I know he's one of the odds-on favorites this week because we don't have a crazy deep field. But Cam's – I'm waiting for Cam to break through, right? And this looks like a course that he can really take advantage of. Yeah, I'm really excited to kind of see what he does following up that performance at the Open, you know, tied for a second or whatever there and, you know, some other big performances in majors. You know, he definitely is in store for that breakthrough. So it'll be exciting to see. You know, I know Colin's sick of me mentioning, but Morgan Hoffman's in this one as well. So the uh, Grayson boy, we'll see if he got anything special in there. Well, I love, uh, actually, I think Morgan Hoffman is just so, yeah, I know Colin, I know we bring him up a lot. We're not a Sahith podcast, so I don't want to talk about uh, him all the time. Is he in the field this week? He is. He is. Uh, but Mor- Morgan Hoffman, famously a, a golfer that had some, you know, some trials and tribulations with uh, his, his muscle deformities and stuff like that. So uh, I think that you'll be looking forward to our episode next week as we're going to have someone who played in the U.S. Adaptive Open on with an interview. And I think that having him on and then a guy like Morgan Hoffman, these are guys that are just growing the game and showing us kind of what what people can do on the golf course. Listen, I'd like to set the record straight here. I've been thrown under the bus a little bit. <laughs> I'm a huge Morgan Hoffman fan. No one's a bigger... You just like his clothes. No one's though. a bigger Grayson proponent than I am, but like... I'm rooting for him. I would love to see him be successful again on tour, but when you're just battling to make the cut, like I'm, my focus is on the guys who are winning the tournaments. That's how I feel when everyone's watching Tiger. <laughs> Whoa. That it is. is. That He's is just crossing fight, fight, a fight line. To make the cut. That's a, it's a similar comparison. It's like try, find, trying to make the cut when there's guys winning the tournaments. I get it, Colin. I get it. Yeah, another pretty interesting uh, notable sponsor exemption. We got Wyatt Worthington II, who won the John Shippen National name. Golf Invitational this past week. And this is, you know, like Ben alluded to a little bit, it's a uh, tournament in honor of John Shippen, who's a kind of a trailblazer in professional golf. I think he was the first black professional golfer and and kind of paved the way for, you know, the Charlie Siffords and everybody who came after him. You know, notably, he kind of grew up at Chinnacock and was a a big uh, contributor to that course. But they have a tournament every year specifically for black golfers to play and earn a spot into this rocket mortgage classic and so let's uh let's see what wyatt worthington can do this week and a golfer that we know well i think he might have done this he might have also got in on a sponsor's exemption but willie mack the third played in this event last year i think he might have won this ship and event to get in he's a really talented golfer but you're right this tournament is just it's highlighting minorities and specifically black golfers i'd love to see one of these guys make a deep run and, and maybe make the cut too we saw uh, riviera cameron champ getting a sponsor's exemption uh for his minority background so seeing tim have a good week this week i think would be really great speaking of qualifiers can we give some props to this guy chris nagel have you heard about this story he's Monday qualified for four events in a row now, and he tied for 56 of the U.S. Open. So then following the U.S. Open, he Monday qualified for the John Deere, where he finished tied for 16th, the Barracuda Championship, and the 3M Open, and now he Monday qualifies again for the Rocket Mortgage. He's just like a Monday grinder. Like, yeah, I'm going to show up early in the week, and I'm going to qualify, and I'm going to compete. That's pretty remarkable. He just needs to turn it into success through the week, and he'll have a, a tour card or at least yeah. more sponsorship exemptions in no time. Cool. And then we look at the ladies' game this week. They're over in Scotland at the Ladies Scottish Open, like the men, uh, the prequel to their Open Championship in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, get to see more Lynx golf, so more uh, keeping it on the ground, windy conditions. They'll be playing the Open a couple of weeks at Muirfield, so we're seeing a lot of these women really prep for another really large purse, another really iconic golf course. So these women are looking to get their games in shape for a, a really big major championship in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the women's game is just absolutely on fire right now. We had the fifth major, the Avion Championship last week, star-studded field. Brooke Henderson comes on top. 
This week we got the Scottish Open. We got another incredible field as next week we have uh, the Women's Open Championship at Muirfield. So we got the Scottish event kind of sandwiched between two majors here. We've got eight of the world's top 10 are going to be competing this weekend. 22 major winners, including last week's winner, Brooke Henderson, and 45 LPGA winners are all going to be here this week. So star-studded field, Dundonald Links is where they played the 2017 Men's Scottish Open. So um, it's a championship course. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sure the coverage is going to suck like it does with most of the women's game, which we, I know, is so unfortunate. But I think probably this weekend I'm going to be excited to to strap on the boots again and be up at 3 a.m. to try and see some of this really uh, the good coverage of the Lynx golf. Yeah, and this this model is just so cool. You know, the we saw it with the men's, the Scottish Open leading into the Open Championship, kind of that primer. And we're going to see it again this week with the women's Scottish Open leading into the Women's Open Championship. So just a lot of Lynx golf. I don't know why we're not talking more about planning a trip over there with as much uh, <laughs> incredible link style golf courses we've seen and everything to do over there. But hello, yeah, Truist we- Bank, Truist Bank, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. we could all use a little more money to plan this trip. So then our third event this week, uh, kind of like the the elephant in the room, right? Live. This is their third event. Uh, they'll be at Trump Bedminster. Uh, a, a good course. The field gets better and better. We got still three open spots to fill. So I don't know if that's oh they did fill them. Uh, they filled them. Could be a little bit of a controversial event being so close to New York and some of the kind of the, the trials and tribulations and why people really are anti-live. Uh, but, you know, a stacked field, another $4 million prize, you know, for the for, or $3.5 million for the first place winner. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts? And then are there some rumors uh, going around about, you know, Hideki and Cam Smith. We just saw Faraday go over, Chuck, Charles Barkley also. So anything new that happened this past week, guys? Yeah, I think they're really going to start hitting their stride here. They got a lot of those bigger time golfers playing so the field's going to be pretty stacked they got Faraday over there now which is going to make you know throw him with Arlo White man it's going to be an electric broadcast you got the chain smokers performing I mean it's going to be a pretty (laughs) the things that matter the chain smokers (laughs) I think it's a pretty cool event I mean I I certainly am anti-live for the ethical reasons but if I just look at the golf objectively you know it'll be another interesting event with you know some of those bigger names and, and the whole team format to follow i think the chain smokers thing is bigger news than Faraday. Faraday, i tell you i was thinking about it i really had just not i was wondering what he had been up to because i hadn't heard him on the broadcast for a while like he, they really are kind of i'm not surprised he went they kind of seem to have been pushing him out uh but the chain smokers being kind of the marquee band on the u.s side i think that's a really big deal i mean these guys are live is out out to play yeah it's basically just you know making it you know happy gilmore where it, there is the old school it's shooter mcgavin all grumpy about how the stuff style of the thing is and then there's the happy gilmore fans that are out there is kind of what you're kind of seeing with the chain smokers it's kind of they're trying to be just more fun that's their whole thing is golf but louder so i think they're trying to change the whole stuffiness vibe which i i can get behind but like i said there is obviously some other bigger issues but i'm really curious to see if like we didn't really henrik stenson you know officially jumped over you know giving up his captainship uh for the Ryder cup and the president's cup stuff but other than that, I'm not sure if we're really going to see any more big names jump at this point. It, it's kind of kind of be seen kind of interesting, but they did come out at the Portland event. I don't think we really talked about it and kind of solidified what the format is for next year. That the teams are going to be more finalized from the go, and that there's going to be relegation and things like that. So I think they are at least laying the groundwork that we're actually going to kind of get some sort of consistency out of this tour. Yeah, some of those things, as you mentioned, is, is what's going to really make this fascinating. Some of the rumors coming out is they're going to have, like you said, more solidified teams, you know, that all 
British team and all, hopefully not, but an all Australian team. Oh, that'll be a good one. And that'll everything. One. And the, these guys, and especially the captains, are going to have an ownership stake in their team, and they can go out and get corporate sponsors. And it's I thought that was so weird. It's going to become a much more, you know. It's much more, you know, like Premier League be, than it is. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. the What was teams. it, like the captains get like 27 or 25% ownership in the in the on the team? It's teams. Like, that's that just crazy. It's kind of interesting, though, because every golfer is their own brand anyways, so it's almost like a step down actually when you can have 100% of your profits or 25% of a team's profits by being a captain when you're already the flagship player on that team pretty much bringing in all the eyeballs I think it's kind of weird I think it's more of like a, a gimmick kind of thing I don't know I kind of like it I mean it's, it's kind of like the whole you know fan owned Green Bay Packers kind of thing it's the same sort of you know the players getting really involved in, in, in all that aspect they they will in theory be more vested in, and they're going to try to like push that team to be better I think it, it could again this big emphasis on could lead to actually better golf happening on that tour versus what we've seen throughout the first couple events yeah and again it's not about the competitive talent product they're putting out it's more about an interactive experience for fans golf to be fun and bring in a lot more viewers uh so it's it is kind of an interesting model and and definitely something 180 degrees different than what the pga tour is doing and probably even failing to do going forward i think it's an important event too being kind of like a lot closer to like larger metropolitan cities too. Like the one in Portland, eh, Portland's a big city, but it's like golf is not amazingly huge out there. Bringing it to the East coast, bringing it close to New York. Um, I mean, I think that this thing, we'll see how it, we'll see how it is, how the fanfare is, but this thing could absolutely blow up. Yeah. Delby, how are you feeling about, about the rumors surrounding your, your newest favorite golfer? Dub, after you, your, you've your cursed previous him. golfer, you've cursed you know, him. went to live. I mean, for, for Cam Smith, probably the, the most exciting golf I've watched because I just, had declared he's my favorite golfer to so to watch him win the open incredible i was on a high all week long following that and when it came out and even in his interview when he's kind of balking at the questions to hear him potentially going to live man i you're gonna have to keep an eye on my mental health and uh everything if he, if he jumps to live because that's gonna be devastating i don't do know how many more spots are left in live but whoever your next favorite golfer is they better save a spot for him yeah too. do you have a backup there so i can just go put money on yeah. him going to live next dub picking favorite golfers is like me trying to buy a detroit lions jersey <laughs> yeah they always get traded yeah They'll keep crossing names out and add the, add the one below like the redskins quarterback whoa whoa that's like cleveland browns quarterback They're the commanders now dub all right, and then uh, in other news this week, uh, were we were we playing any golf this week, guys? We got league on Thursday. We got a healthy dub back dub yeah, without his cast. News. That is big time. Coming back, sporting like a probably like a two handicap on nine. I think that's going to be a little lofty getting the season started. But uh, excited to have you back. How are, how's the game been? I know you played a little bit on vacation, and then anyone else? Did you get any rounds in this past week? Yeah, I got three rounds under my belt on vacation. The first round started out with me not thinking I'd make it a hole, and then I made it the whole round, kind of playing as normal. The golf game kind of picked up right where I left off last year, you know. But it's that blessing of the first rounds of the season. Your bad habits haven't quite crept back in yet. So hitting the driver really well, put some pretty solid rounds together. So I'm pretty hopeful for the golf going forward. But with the league making their debut this week, I think I have a lot of work to do to have a remote chance of making the playoffs. So that's out of the question. So we're just going to go out and and go low swinging freely right? maryland national too it'll be a good test so I'll, I'll be excited to see how it is we'll have to we'll split the group up a little bit we'll just put larry with some of the old guys and we'll, us four playing there together colin how you feeling about your game buddy not great i just <laughs> i just broke 45 for the first time in like three weeks last week so uh 
on the right track. But would you double eight? You doubled eighteen. You doubled your last hole or something I like did. that. So I you were playing good golf. I doubled eighteen from hundred yards out. Poor decision making. Poor shot making on my part. But we're so, coming back. So what's the issue right now, Colin? Because normally you're so consistent off the tee. You're hitting your irons. Well, dead, dead at the pin. Well, that's the problem. I haven't been consistent off the tee. I'm losing like three to four balls around off the tee. So have you take, tried not doing taking that? that many penalty strokes is really hurting my score. I'm still solid around the greens. It's just I just can't can't get it off the tee, and those long irons are killing me at this point. We just need a little I seventy driving range tune up. That's all we need. That's Conveniently, right. Maryland National is a very forgiving course yes. off the tee, so you'll, it'll be no problem for you. <laughs> that's a lie. Tissy, how about you? You play any golf? I haven't touched the club since the uh, big player scramble uh, last weekend or two weekends ago. So I'm I'm a little rusty. I, I need to get out there soon. Fortunately, I don't have a Thursday night league this week to play in. <laughs> uh, last weekend, Dub and I kicked it around. Maybe we played, but then we realized it was 100 degrees here in Maryland with a feeling like 109. So we quickly wrote that one off. But maybe we'll try to get out this weekend. You never know. Got to see if we still got it. Yeah, I'm down for a nice Sunday round if anyone's interested. Yeah, Sunday, Carol, maybe. We'll see how that round pans out. Benny, how you feeling about your game? I know you and I are both coming off the COVID. Maybe that's going to you know, yeah, make us COVID, better golfers, right? Well-rested, a little heavier. Maybe I'll be hitting it like a little extra further off the tee. All I did was eat and lay in bed all week. So looking <laughs> forward to it. Yeah, I'm sure still have the butter soft hands. I'm sure my short game is still great. Yeah. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. How about you, Tall? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm coming off that scramble just like Tyler where I was hitting it well. So I'm hoping the COVID didn't you know ruin it. I did unfortunately miss my first week of the, the league. It, just, it was painful for me. But, you know, hopefully, you know, between that and a nice little pulled hamstring from last night's kickball game, That's I'll be all right. That's what I to ask you about. Do you think it's going to impact the golf swing at all? I mean, it, this this kind of injury happens to me every year, so it hasn't hurt me in the past when it comes to the golf swing, so I should be all right. Yeah, I, real athletes pay, play through pain, exactly. so I, I have all this gonna power that you're going to be I think fine. it'll actually just kind of keep my swing a little more under control. I'll probably be a little shorter off the tee, but just dead straight down the middle every time, so I'll probably shoot career watching, low, like a 77 or something. Yeah, you've been it'll, watching yeah, me play. Yeah, it'll be beautiful. How is the how is the bruising? Usually when you injure your leg, it's like you've got gangrene I haven't, the entire quad. I haven't seen any bruising <laughs> quite yet, but, but I, I'm monitoring that closely. Yeah, check, check, the, check the Instagram later. We'll put a picture of Tully's uh, hammy up there. NSFW, baby. We got a clip Tully saying he's going to hit everyone straight down the middle. First tee shot, yep. There's a lot of trouble on the first tee of Maryland National. <laughs> I never go left. It's a double fairway. Which, which leg fine. is it? Which leg is it? It's my right leg. Oh, so you and Tiger. Ty, if Tiger can do it, you could. Exactly. I'm basically Tiger Woods. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, it's exciting. Once we get Kenny uh, one putt stateside back here, we're going to be able to finally, for the first time all year, get all six of us out there, have a little fun, play some uh, play some scrambles, some competitive formats. So it should be, uh, should be a blast here getting going here. Finally get some fun content out there on the Instagram. <clears throat> yeah, shout out Kenny on our Shamrock Swing right now. Him and Eve over in Ireland for a week or two at a wedding. I think he's going to try and Off play the some. question. I think he's going to try and play some golf over there. We'll see if we uh, get any updates on the Instagram. All right, that does it for us this week. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod. Also, make sure to check out our sponsor, Four Craft Cocktails, recently, like I said in the intro, offering their transfusion online, shipped to your door. Go ahead, get 12, get 24, three bucks a pop. You're not going to find a better tasting pre mixed transfusion on the market. We'll catch you next week.